Isa recording, no? That was a good one. Thank you. I think that was better than your previous. I mean, I'm Italian, so it's in your blood. <laughs> um, what's up, guys? We have a guest this week, and Casey's going to introduce him. His name is Josh, and he's right here. So then, I guess Josh is going to introduce himself. What's Hi. up, Josh? Hi, guys. I'm Josh. <laughs> Um, do you, you want, I yes, guess. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I used to be in Navy EOD community, the Navy's bomb squad. I did just shy of 10 years in that community um, and just recently transitioned out this past December. So it's been just over six months, I guess, um, since I've been out. When I got out, I started uh, like a health and wellness company. Been been through a few pivots, um, but right now after COVID's started we kind of pivoted to really focusing on stress management and breath work and that's what we've been doing since then um other than that i'm from florida originally i've been divorced twice Um, (laughs) so i have uh, quite a bit of i feel like i've lived a lot for 30 years um thanks for having me on yeah of course we're excited to talk today about something i haven't been able to talk about openly because i just got out myself um We're going to start off talking about mental health and in particular mental health in the military, um, kind of how the military, I don't even want to say handles it because they don't handle it. Um, Ignores it. Yeah, ignores it and expects, you know, people to either just deal with it themselves or use it as a uh, means to kick them out of the military Mm -hmm. instead of fixing the issue, which usually comes from overloading work. Um, So do you want to give your background kind of about your experience in the military with that? Sure. Um... I was, I mean, I had a lot of trauma coming into the military from my childhood that didn't really, or I didn't realize was a big issue in my life until really just a few years ago. That happens Um, a lot. Yeah. Like childhood trauma thing. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize how much it was affecting me with my relationships with like women specifically because it was a mom, like I had mommy issues, you know? Um, And so like one of the great things that happened with my my second wife was she like finally got me to like go start talking to a therapist and stuff and that really changed my life um and so that was a huge thing for me but like on the military specific stuff i just saw so many guys um that had you could tell were like hurting really bad inside but were scared to go talk to someone or just scared to be vulnerable is what it comes down to um and because one, I think, is, like, specifically the community that you're in. You're supposed to be, like, this hard-ass dude. Um, and then two guys are just scared to, like, say something because they don't want to get taken off their team or they want to, like, continue to operate. And the culture needs to change there. That's the biggest thing within the military is, like, the leadership tells you, yes, you, you know, oh, we have an open door policy, like come, come talk to us and stuff. But the problem is when guys would go do that, then they would get in trouble or mm-hmm. get kicked off teams. So mm-hmm. then that gets like, you know, passed down to the team rooms and guys are like, well, if I go say something, I'm going to get yeah. kicked off. So I'm just going to hold it in. Right. And then, you know, over the course of years, that just fucking builds and builds until guys either end up fucking killing themselves, right. which happens a lot in my community. Yeah. This is the highest suicide yeah. rate in the Navy. It gets voted like the 
num- the world's number one most stressful job like year oh, wow. after year after year um so it's like it's crazy that there's not more resources for guys and it's something i'm super passionate about now with our company is uh i just met actually with eod group two the other week and like they're probably going to have us come in and like start doing breathwork seminars for the guys and like really giving them education on like what is stress and how to like what you can do about it holistically. Yeah. Um, so I'm super pumped that unfortunately it's taking a long time for them to kind of open their minds to these type of things, but at least it seems like they're starting to go down the right path. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't realize that you had met with them. That's awesome. Yeah. Step. And your community is super interesting too. Cause like you said, um, there's that stigma where you're supposed to be these tough dudes who can handle anything, but in reality, you guys see the most shit. So you're the people who need this, these type of resources the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, because of the nature of your job, and this is the way that the military views it, mental health is a weakness. And so, I mean, even the same thing for me, I went on an antidepressant, not because I was mental health side, my GI doctor was convinced that I was making up, even though <laughs> there was proof of diverticulosis. Mm-hmm in the fucking colonoscopy, he was convinced that it was my anxiety that was causing it. Um, but the moment that I started to take those meds, they red flagged me or whatever it's called. So I couldn't get my gun qual, had that taken away, couldn't get certain qualifications. So it halted all progress I could mm-hmm. make. Um, even though technically that medicine wasn't for a mental health issue at the time. Um, and it's just that kind of idea that if you, if you do that, you get put on meds, you go see a therapist, it's a weakness and you have a whole thing routed through your whole chain of command. So everybody knows that like you need help essentially. Um, and they use it as a way to get people out instead of using it as a way to like, okay, well let's press pause, see maybe if it's a situational anxiety, situational depression, um, and kind of coach these people through because you lose great leaders and great sailors just because they want to get you out of the Navy. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people like after talking to the therapist a lot I realized or she kind of told me that um childhood trauma was like very common in my our community and I'm sure just like in the I mean it's really very common like in the world in general like one out of four kids has like you know some sort of childhood abuse or sexual trauma or something um so you have like this this nasty cocktail of things going on where these guys are coming into the community already with these past trauma and then you're putting them in like combat situations and stuff where they're seeing just more and more and like all that stuff is building up and then not giving them um, kind of the proper resources or or the resources are there, but guys are scared to use them. So that's like the tricky thing is like, and one of the reasons why I'm trying to be like very active and like vocal about all this stuff is because I've talked to like a few guys and like when they found out I was going to see a therapist, they started going to see a therapist and then they were like, dude, I'd fucking thank you so much. Like if you wouldn't have talked to me, I would have never gone. I'm like, and like that shit fucking hits me pretty hard. I'm like, if you know, just like, one guy and then one guy talks to another guy and just like a trickle down effect so um well i mean that like we've talked about that before too like that's why we're so open both of us on well you especially now that you're out but both of us are very open on our social media about mental illness because of that reason because i've had people reach out and they're like hey like I read your post. I had never even considered seeing a therapist. And because that you said that you saw somebody for four years, like that really kickstarted me to go. And that's like, that's a big thing. Like mm-hmm. there's a stigma against mental health, but there's also a stigma for it when you're somebody like you yeah. who people probably don't even realize has all this like trauma. Right. Cause you're like EOD and you're right. like, you know, this big manly man. Right. Yeah. So, you try to put on that like front. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, it's refreshing for people to see somebody that's like, 
not supposed to write in quotes have mental health mm-hmm. problems who has them because then they're like oh, okay you know he's way more of a man than I am or whatever they want to say yeah. and he's seeing somebody so I should too like yeah. that's huge well and the big thing with that as well is a lot of people and I've heard one of somebody who we know say it where it's like maybe you do go to therapy or maybe you just talk to somebody about it or maybe you're just pressing pause to reevaluate your life and somebody asks you a question about your childhood and they're like well that doesn't that doesn't matter like I'm talking about mm-hmm. my problems right now a lot of people don't want to look into the past and whether mm-hmm. that's because they're afraid to whether that's because they've just forgotten things like I don't remember most of my childhood so somebody asked me to describe my childhood and I'm like I don't know it was lit I guess I don't remember it um but a lot of people don't want to do the work and look into the past yeah. to dig up because well, they think it's just said, now. yeah you even said like at the very beginning you didn't even realize you had childhood trauma yeah like um I had this huge like kind of awakening moment uh after one of the therapy sessions I had where she was telling me she's like a lot of people that have like that trauma from their childhood like black out kind of all those memories yeah. because your body's trying to like save yourself you know right. and so she's like go home and like do like some history about your family and like talk to your parents and shit and I like realized just like how much I didn't know about not only like my childhood but like my mom and like her family and like how she was brought up and like I started doing all this research and like I started like, you know, remembering people that I had met at a very young age, but kind of had forgotten about and like, uh, got to meet up with my uncle, like my mom's brother who I hadn't seen in 20 years and like had like a six hour conversation with him and like had him walk me through like my mom and his like childhood and realize like they had a fucking really traumatic experience. And like, it just keeps getting passed down from generation to generation. And I was like, okay, well, I'm fucking putting a stop to this, like, with me. I'm not passing it down to anyone else. Um, Well, that's something that's cool, though. Like, somebody for you who's very, like, who's woke F, right? (laughs) But, like, you can see that. Like, you're aware of what's going on, so you're the one that's able to be, like, instead of being like, well, this is all I know, so this is what I'm going to do, you're like, this is all I know, and this is what I'm not going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been hard, because, like, I mean, I'm, like, the child, right? And, like, I've had to step up and, like, be the leader of the family because, unfortunately, like, my mom and stepdad and, like, little sister are still not woke, you know? So, (laughs) like, they still don't just see, I guess, what I see. Right. Um, So I'm, like, constantly trying to, like, provoke them and, like, have meaningful conversations and, like, tell them how I feel and, like, how fucked up the situation is. Um things might have gotten a little better since then, but it's like, I just couldn't sit around anymore and like, just be a part of this system, you yeah. know? So I was like, and, and it, it boils down to like, people are scared to have hard conversations and like yeah. to be vulnerable. And I get it. Cause I was that way for 27 years of my life. You yeah. Know? Right. And like, now I've just like, I love having these conversations with people and stuff. And I'm so open to even like new people, like, you know, if I go on, like, first dates and I'll talk to a chick and if I'm, like, we're having a connection, I'll, like, tell her my life story yeah. and I'm just like, God, it feels so fucking good. That's you know? like, a good thing. Yeah. It's like, that's how I am. That's how you are. I mean, I'm, like, an open book. <laughs> I don't shit. And it scares a lot of people away. It does, but, but it's, like, nice. that's you. It's like, hey, this is what I've been through. This is who I am. Like, fucking take it I don't it get it, why you, know? you would want to hide that, especially from somebody who you think you could see a few Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, they need to know everything up front because otherwise we're just going to waste, waste time. time. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, I agree a thousand percent, which is, again, another reason why, like, my social media, I am an open book. Like, literally, 
when you meet me, what you see is what you get. Yeah. I don't have a lot of, we talked about this on our last one. I don't really have trust issues because everything that you know about me, I've probably already posted on Instagram. With <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, really. yeah, there's a high likelihood, like on the first day, I'm going to cry. So. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down, friends. Anybody that wants to go on If that Instagram, happens, Josh. you know things are going wrong. Well, so. So I'll, I'll give cry, you guys, a good thing. I'll give you a number yeah, if you need yeah. it. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's something that a lot of people don't want to do is one they don't want to dig deep to to grow. A lot of people don't want to do the shadow work that it takes to grow. Mm-hmm. They want to do the fun things, and I I've talked about this before. Like, I was at a place when I first started my kind of like growth journey, I guess, where I couldn't look at my shadow self yet because I needed to build myself up to love myself enough to go into those mm-hmm. nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't want to move past that. They they build themselves up and then they don't do the actual work. Um, on what they need to fix. Yeah. Um, That's a good point though, because like I know a lot of people that want to deal with their trauma, but you're not in the right headspace to do it. Like, if you would have asked me to deal with my trauma back in 2017 when I attempted, no, not a shot. Fuck no. Like not a no, yeah. not even. Like I literally was struggling to just like stay alive day yeah. by day, let alone deal with the shit that I went through. Like no way. Yeah, you gotta be ready to yeah. like do because it fuck it's hard. You it's know? hard. It's and hard. everybody's like on their own agenda too. I think that's the hard part for other people. Like from the outside looking in, that was something that my mom really learned with me because she doesn't really have like mental health problems, but my brother and I both do. So I'm diagnosed depressive depressed and then he's diagnosed anxiety. So that was something that she learned with both of us too really fast she picked on up on it quick but it's my life and it's my timeline so mm-hmm. like even though she's like holy fuck like you're trying to kill yourself dude i'm like i'm fine <laughs> like, she like didn't get it but then once everything like calmed down right like you know i'm today actually is the three-year anniversary of my attempt uh, so after all of that simmered and i started seeing someone and i was medicated and blah 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 she really understood like okay i just have to be there for you Mm -hmm. like i can't sit here and be like you need help like i just have to be here for you from a distance and when you need me i'm here and like it's your time not mine so that's really tough too like as somebody from the outside looking in and you probably can relate to this with the community you were in but a lot of people don't want to put their ego aside to get the help so they're like i don't need help i can do it by myself like I'm fine. Oh, yeah. It's just that like, was ego. <laughs> for, like, I had people telling me, like, people that I loved and, like, were very close to me, like, for years telling me, like, dude, something's fucking wrong with you. Like, you need to go talk to someone. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm fine, you know? Like, it just kept over and over again. And, like, finally, I don't know what, like you said, you just have to it be ready, breaks, I guess. Yeah. And I was like, okay, something's wrong no, with me. No, yeah, like, <laughs> When I told my mom, too, like, um, after my attempt and when I got medicated and everything and I was like, oh, I'm depressed. Got it. Like after that all happened, I was telling her I should have been diagnosed years ago, but I didn't know that it wasn't normal. Right. Like I thought everything that I was thinking and dealing with was normal. Yeah, because I don't know any you don't know anything else. Yeah. And like, that's, that's the same thing that happened to me is like, I didn't realize how fucked up my childhood was until yeah. I became an adult and like started seeing like how a family's supposed to interact and, and I was like okay there was like some shit going on here that wasn't normal you know yeah um and I, I like it unfortunately I think it might take that time to kind of like fester inside of you to realize like okay and it was hard to separate that ego I think is a huge thing and something I'd like to talk a little bit about uh one of the big benefits of mushrooms um is kind of that ego dissolution yeah. but 
that was the big thing for me was like being able to look at my situation, like kind of like my emotions from a third party view, yes. like outside of that ego is like, Hey, why are you like, why are you feeling this way? And like, how has your past shaped you to feel this certain way? And why do you make certain decisions that way? And like, once you can look at it from that other perspective, it's so much easier to start well, you have making to remember, changes. like, you're not your emotions. You're experiencing your emotions. Yeah. And a lot of people can't separate those things. They like, I am angry. I yeah. am sad. No, that's just how you feel. Yeah. Like, if you can do what you're saying and take a step back to assess, like, that emotion is tied to something. Mm-hmm. And everything originates from either love or fear. Yeah. So you establish, is it love or is it fear? And then you figure out which like, one Like, why am I reacting yeah. this yeah. way? Yeah. A lot of people just want to, like sulk in that emotion because they like want it to overwhelm them because they don't want to actually deal with the issue but like if you feel any of those emotions you just need to press pause and like you said kind of come back from a third party and evaluate the events that have just happened it's shitty though to like sitting in that and being like and acknowledging that you're wrong like a lot of times not a lot of times but most of the time it's probably because you played a part in it so you need to like acknowledge and take responsibility Mm -hmm. for that no and it's really shitty just like looking back on like why am i reacting this way and realizing it's because you've been like going through the same cycles right like my most recent depressive episode that i was in for like two weeks which was super lit um i sat down with you and i was like this is like gonna sound so stupid but literally it's because i'm sitting here like i'm unlovable and nobody's ever gonna want to be with me which is like me like Mm -hmm. somebody love me but that's Mm -hmm. not what i was like trying to get at but that shit sucks like sitting there and being like why am i reacting this way it's because I'm unlovable. Why do I feel like I'm unlovable? It's because ABCD, like, you keep doing the same shit over and over yeah. again and expecting a different result, yeah. and that's not going to happen. So that shit is horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it's, it's part partly on you. Like, yeah. Like, the same way with bipolar. Like, that's just literally a, a roller coaster, and it's the same roller coaster every time. And looking now back on, I was telling her, I was going through old text messages from, like, when I... When I got down here, oh my god, they were painful to read. Like, what the fuck was I doing? She just got a new phone, so she was able to like. Oh my god, like get those off my fucking phone. But um, but yeah, like, and then looking back and seeing like, oh, it's the same shit that I'm doing today. It just was I was manifesting it in a different different Mm -hmm. aspect. Um, but like I have to take responsibility for that. Like I'm not going to put it on bipolar. Like, no, it was me. Yeah. Uh, my brain functions a certain way because of it. But like, that was me and I'm happy to see that I've grown. But at the same time, I'm still repeating those same cycles. Um, and it's painful to admit cause the ego comes into play where you don't want to admit that you're wrong, but like I'm all types of mm. fucked up and I'll take a shit for that. <laughs> like, um, but a lot of people don't want to take responsibility. They want to blame other people for the reason they're in their spots. Yeah, 100%. Or blame their mental illness, like yeah. you just said. Yeah. Like, you said it's a crutch. You know, yeah. Like, it's well, the I'm easy just, way out. Yeah, like, I'm just sad because I'm going through a depressive episode, which sometimes is the case. Yeah. Sometimes there is no trigger, but, like, other times it's like, no, like, something happened, yeah. and you're trying to... I like, just blacked out on a Wednesday night because mm-hmm. I'm in a manic episode. Yo. No! <laughs> <laughs> There's something else going on. <laughs> But I want to talk about your microdosing. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, well, to kind of go back to the start of it, a couple of years ago, I did a, uh, what they call like a heroic dose of mushrooms. So like five grams, so like, like the deepest you can kind of go. And that literally changed like my path in life, I think. Um, and like even today, this was like, this was like five years ago, I guess now. Um, but I'll, I'll, you know, things will happen and I can kind of relate it back to like that day. Like, like slowly, like my life just started morphing and shifting after that. Um, so I'm huge advocate of, uh, mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms in the right proper setting setting is huge. A lot of people, um, 
will do it as like a recreational drug and I'm not a big fan of that. Um, People are going to listen to this and be like, Josh told me to do shrooms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you have to be one, you don't want to like, you have to be in the right mental headspace yeah, to like, bad. yeah, cause you yeah. can go bad. Um, and sometimes like the people all talk about these bad trips a lot and sometimes like that's what you need like yeah. it's not always peaches and roses like sometimes you have to go through that hard shit right um but the microdosing is a lot different and mushrooms are very um that you get a much different experience depending on the dosage you do so like a one gram of mushrooms is a completely different experience than five grams of mushrooms okay. like yeah. one gram you can like you know, be out at the beach, like be normal. You can function five grams. You're like lying down in a different universe. Like, it's insane. And it's so hard to explain it to people that haven't done it before. Cause there's no context in real world to right, like, you to know, explain it. To, yeah. Um, but the micro dosing is really cool. It's something I did a lot of research about before I started and it's been around like people were microdosing mushrooms and LSD in like the sixties. It was really popular. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of new studies going on at like Harvard, John Hopkins, like really uh, profound institutions with all the benefits for like PTSD, depression, all these things. Um, and so it's like a really small dose. You don't even notice that you're really on anything, but right. I do notice, not like in a, like I notice I'm drugged up, but I can just feel the effects of it. Like I'm, my mood is way better. I'm able to, I feel more creative, uh, my focus and attention. I'm way more present. Whereas like I used to just get lost in my thoughts, like all day long, you're thinking about the past or the future, or like some project that you just like manifest that has nothing to do with whatever you're doing in the moment. And you're like 30 minutes later, like what the fuck have I been doing? Um, Someone's been talking to you every day. Like, exactly. <laughs> I've done those people come up to me and I'm like, where am I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not on American Idol right now. It's crazy. And the biggest thing for me is like something I've been personally working on is being like way more empathetic. Um, yeah. It's something I've struggled with, I feel like, all my life. And I think it's like an ego thing. But when I'm like microdosing, I am just so much more like communal towards people and like will just say hi to random people when I'm walking by and just like I feel like just so much more connected to people um so that's like been huge for me and I think pairing that I've also been really deep into meditation for the past couple months and I think like combining those things has just like really cleared up my headspace yeah. and like now like I'll I'll be working, you know, in a working on a project or something and I'll have one of those thoughts and instead of like diving deep into the thought, I can just be like, okay, thought noted back to work. Like, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Noted. Yeah. And like that's like one of the things that they teach you is like this noting method where it's like you're going to have thoughts but just like recognize, say, okay, I'm having a thought and then get back to work. And it's like <laughs> it works. You know, it's fucking it's pretty cool. So That is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here like in grad school like my brain's like, pew, 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 like trying to study for an exam, and I'm like, yeah. So next weekend, me and Luisa are gonna go do like, yeah. A literally, I get really into like deep like. I uh, recently did a like chakra cleanse, um, energy cleanse type thing, and one of the things that she said was like she could tell that I fantasize a lot, and that is literally mm. all I do. Like past, future, hypothetical, what doesn't matter. Same, like same. I just get so into these situations. It's like daydreaming, but like on crack. Um, and you so I actually like, might. Um, you should give him her info after this. Oh you yeah, might like it was it. really cool. She 
told me some shit that I was like was <laughs> fucking crazy. It's crazy she like does it while you're sleeping. Yeah, okay. and then you wake up and you're like, you, you, she said you either feel like a new person and you see things differently, or what happened with me is you go through a purge stage where you're like super emotional and like you're uh, yeah. getting rid of everything. Um, but no, and it, it, that's completely true. I will literally exactly how you described it. I can't focus on one thing a lot of the times because I'll have a thought, and instead of doing what you do, which is very smart, I'll be like, okay, cool, and I leave that, and I go do something else yeah. that doesn't even matter. Like, yeah. oh, let me scoop the cat shit out of the bin. Literally, this back. morning is a perfect example. Like, she came inside the house, and she's like, okay, I need to take all of this cat food and put it on this shelf. And then she's like, nope, I need a cup of coffee. So she goes and gets a cup of coffee. And then she's like, okay, cat food. And she's like, no, I'm hungry. So then she goes Just kind of moving for a while, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't do I, one same thing. way. Yeah. I have no focus. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Um, back to, to the purge thing is really interesting because that was like, one of the things I was looking forward to with doing like the really big dose of mushrooms that I read about, like all these people purging, that's like huge with ayahuasca is like everyone vomits yeah. and shits themselves. And <laughs> apparently it's awesome when you're going through it, but it was the one like really vivid thing I remember on that like mushroom trip was I wanted to purge so bad because I knew I had all this like toxic shit in me yeah. and I couldn't like throw up. And I was like, on the like at the toilet for I don't know how long but like you know trying to like make myself puke like I've never like like <laughs> my hand is like down my throat and like I have a really bad gag reflex so like not. no it's like I can't even brush my tongue like without, it's bad you're fisting your own literally and I was like fuck it was weird as shit but then like I never end up puking but like I saw, like, it's really weird when I explain it, but, like, some, like, robot fucking machine, like, came out of my mouth and, like, went into <laughs> the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. wild. And, like, after that, I was, like, I just felt, like, all the bad shit had kind of got off, you know? It was Well, people underestimate, crazy. like, what your mind can do. Mm-hmm. Like, especially visual- visualization when it comes to meditation, which I'm sure you've mm-hmm. done before. But, like, one of the things I have to do because my brain is so all over the place is focus on visualization. So, like, focusing on, like, I have roots that are going into the ground and that's how I ground myself. But people really underestimate what your mind can do for your body. Like they don't, want to acknowledge that connection even in like weightlifting oh like, that's what i was just oh, gonna yeah, get yeah. to because your mind quits before your body does mm-hmm. yeah so, like when i was in college in, in my undergrad we ran a vo2 max test which i'm sure you've done um they're fucking hard yeah. but one of the things that my professor told me so i was the first one to do it and one of the things he told me before i even started is he's like hey your mind's gonna quit before your legs can your mind's gonna quit before your lungs can and i was like Okay, noted. Yeah. And I crushed everybody in my yeah. class for my VO2 max. I have no fucking cardiorespiratory health, like, at all. I can <laughs> run, like, three miles, and I'm dead. So I literally, yeah, no. So I, I got on there. I'm, like, living my best life, and I just kept thinking, like, okay, John told me my mind's going to quit before everything else, and he was right, and I just kept fucking going where everybody else was, like, shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so true. Well, there was, I, there was just some published or re- research paper published about – um, it was like either professional or Olympic athletes. They did this study where, um, through visualization, like the athletes that did that performed better, yeah, like could lift heavier, sprint faster, whatever, than just athletes that would like go into competition. Mm-hmm. And I've heard like a, a lot of professional athletes talk about that, where like the night before a game, they'll like you know visualize themselves scoring the the yeah. game running run or whatever that is, and it's like 
that shit fucking works. No, man. yeah, like, your <laughs> mind is way more in control of things than people yeah. realize. Well, that's why it's awesome that you're gonna hopefully start working with the teams to do that because I mean, if they can get their mind under control, yeah. like the potential for anybody is like limitless. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we actually have a cool opportunity that um, we're trying to get under wraps oh. right now, working with uh, Red Bull's human performance team for their esports oh, team. Nice. So, I guess uh, Cloud Nine. I'm not. A, I don't know much about esports, but I've heard of that team before. Apparently, they're like some big esports team that's sponsored by Red Bull, but they've been not performing very well lately and they're like really interested in breathwork stuff to help them like regain focus and like concentration for the gaming because i apparently these kids play like 10 hours a day which is insane insane to me um but it's like it's a real sport now it's like there's a lot of money involved and like they're putting a lot of effort into like training these kids to be professional athletes you know basically yeah um so it's it's pretty cool yeah yeah that's awesome yeah that would be awesome for you guys to be able to like work with something so big like that that's great well do you have any i think we're probably at time yeah we're close um any like advice or tips for people who want to like utilize like i don't know if you want to talk more about like kind of what you guys do or like uh advice if somebody wants to get into meditation or breath work breath work like resources that they're out there or yeah um meditation is i i use headspace the app there's another app called calm um i think both are offering like free year trials right now for anyone because of uh the pandemic that's going on so i'm a huge fan of of headspace um, if you're interested in more of the breathwork stuff, you can go to our website. It's stasisperformance.com. Um, sign up for a free account, and then all of our training programs and stuff are on there. And then hopefully in the next couple of weeks, the first version of our uh, app will be ready, which Sweet. will be like a much better user experience and stuff. It'll have you know daily training, uh, similar to like what Headspace is, but just for breathwork specifically. That's awesome. So kind of Headspace for breathwork. Um, yeah, so if you're interested in that stuff, check it out. What's okay. your um, Instagram? Uh, s- s- at Stasis Performance for the business one, mm-hmm. and then my personal one is just at Josh Dunce. Cool. Okay, perfect. I'm going to awkwardly type in your code. Type in my code, and everyone just heard me, and we're going to take this part off because I can edit that. <laughs> maybe I won't. Maybe I'll no, don't edit it. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. 